So coming to you live from the Hacker Outdoors podcast epicenter here in northern New Jersey. Um, it is 7.39. I just wanted to make that aware that, you know, per the usual, Joseph McCormick is late. This will go into an outtake, of course. But you know who's never late to these meetings? I'm going to take the webcam and, and point it over here for a moment so you can see. the adorableness that is never late here. He's not impressed. And all those bite marks on that picture up there, that's from him. That's uh, a silk picture from India that was taken back by my grandparents probably a good 40, 50 years ago. Um, but yes, this is not impressed at all so joey when you're watching this when this you know is released i think it would be important for you to know that finnegan is not impressed so we're going to continue here while we're waiting an update on the comings and goings of young man finnegan Always a good time. Good stuff. We turn it off. No, it's uh, enjoyable. Let's let's sit here for an hour and listen to that because I. Um, well, well, he's in Afghanistan right now, which is, I, uh, I like Afghanistan. I it's um, one of the things. This will this will make the the be real, I guess. But uh, you know, Afghanistan would have been a cool place to visit. Um, you know, there was a lot of history, obviously the Silk Road ran through it. Um, there was the world's largest Buddha that was destroyed by the Taliban Yeah, think, right around the time of 9-11. Um, that's, what he was just, that's what he was just talking about, all the stuff that uh, has been destroyed because of the religion. Um, he, well, yeah, that's a story for another time, but... Uh, you know, uh, welcome everyone. Uh, we are live with Joseph McCormick, of course, who is joining us from the dirty, dirty South with his Columbia hat on, right? Uh, that's a nice American flag hat. I'm it is a Columbia you hat. You yeah. can't see your eyes, though. That's the... Oh, I'll have to beautiful, fix that. I have to, get a, I have to get a Kleenex. My nose is running. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have to... Oh, lunch. <laughs> well... <clears throat> While we're waiting on Joey there, if in case you didn't see that, for those of you who are only listening to this and not watching on YouTube, uh, Joe's got amazing locks of hair going. And I'm uh, back. I, I'm <laughs> talking to try and fill in the space here while you were blowing your nose. And I said, well, it was going to be quick. Amazing locks of hair going on there. And uh, it's definitely yeah. appreciated. That's some, some beauty, man. Holy uh, cow. I'm not uh, sure when I'm going to cut it, if I'm going to cut it. Okay, Samson, you'll be all right. I got to keep it long. Yeah. Well, you, you know, you're number th three, is it? Is that what you said the other day? Third? So in the ABA PA division, I am leading the co-angler of the year and 
I am only like three points back from the lead of actual angler of the year. I'll tell you right that's now. That's what it, that's what it was. It's it's all um stacked up pretty pretty close there. Now we're we're for those of you who are listening and watching this, we are posting these again on YouTube as per user request. Um, so we are backing up the number of uh, episodes that we have. So we're going to skip like two or three weeks where we haven't posted anything. And then what we're going to do is, is we're going to get all these up um, over the course of a few a few weeks um, while we're recording. So uh, we are recording this on July 22nd. Um, this is uh, basically a week in between Joe's two tournaments. Last week you were on, where were you? You were, you were on the upper, upper, Bay. upper Chesapeake Bay. So I am... I have 747 points, so I am the lead 757. So I'm 10 off angler of the year, and I'm only like two points from second. So, well, co angler of the year, it's pretty much a done deal. So let's let's do that circle back here for a moment. So Joe is not going to cut his hair because he is Samson, the biblical biblical character. Where, you know, obviously he can't cut his hair because he loses his strength. So yes. we're rooting for you, brother. This is awesome. You have another tournament coming up this weekend. Um, where are you this weekend? Beautiful Lake Champlain out of Plattsburgh, New York. So I'll, I'll be saw. driving tomorrow for a little bit. And Yeah. Well, actually, I, I might be going by you. I was going to say stop, stop by for some eats on your way. Yeah, I'm not sure... <laughs> I should be leaving real, 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 real early in the morning. Okay. But um, I do want to stop at Susquehanna Fishing Tackle. Of course you do. And you'll spend about four hours there, of course, because that's what happens. Uh, um, <laughs> I love it. I, and I don't blame you. Um, what is his name? The the pro fisherman, Oliver. Uh, what's his last name? Uh, out of California. Oh, my God. Uh, NG, N, Chris Nye. Aldane. No, Oliver Nye, and uh, is he a I, bass fisherman? He's a bass fisherman. Yeah, he's up in Lake Champlain. I just saw a post, and I, I'm, I'm thinking I have too many things going on in my head. I'm trying to find. Oh, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of tournaments. So Champlain so far this year has had the Bassmaster Elites were there. I think what two and a half weeks ago. Um, I think MLF's been there. That was that was before that. Um, but the Elites just finished their their. New York swing with Champlain, and then they finished on the St. St. Lawrence, Lake Ontario. Awesome. Out of California, so, like Chris Aldane's one. Um, no, I think he, I, I believe he was. He, he fished with the meat eater guys, if I remember correctly, on one of the episodes. Um, there were musky, he, he converted, he's, he's a big musky fisherman now. Oh. He's, he's um, really big into the bass world. He, he was here in New York, New Jersey, um, during the migration, the striped bass migration, and he was doing a tournament in the New York Harbor. Um, mm. So, yeah, I'm not sure that is. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it and I'll, I'll link to his, his stuff in here. I'm not going to hold my phone in front of me while we're here recording and try and find it, but I will post it in the notes. And of course, I will send it to you, Joseph. Um, Good deal. So we are trying to stick to individual topics as we're recording. Um, that's kind of the goal going forward. And the topic of this one is what, Joseph? What did, what did you want to talk about today? Oh, how about you? I mean, we could talk about the past tournament, the upcoming tournament. 
I wonder we if could talk, talk about, about boats. Let's talk about both of the tournaments. We'll save the boats okay. for the second. So um, the goal, of course, is to keep these in about a half hour increments. So, um, you know, we'll do about 30 minutes or so, maybe 40 minutes on this. Of course, as we have guests on, we'll shoot for longer episodes. But um, I think that the episode with Mark was fantastic. Um, it was and some really good feedback on that. I wish more people would listen to it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and repost it on social because he had a lot of great nuggets in there. Um, so you post that one on YouTube or only? No, no, only on. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want to record a video. So, cause he was yeah. sitting on the deck. Yeah. Um, but gotcha. all good uh, for those of you who are listening to this, uh, go check out Mark, uh, Mark Anthony Spagnola, a uh, fantastic episode. And we're going to dive into some fishing. Joe, talk about last weekend, which, um, you know, let's look at the dates here. What, what were the dates on that? Because oh, this goes, like, this is going to be uh, a little bit off there. That was the 17th, 18th. Yeah. So we were out on Saturday, which was the 17th. Um, when I got off the water, it was like 98 degrees with a hundred percent humidity. It was unbelievably hot. Uh, I got in the water actually. Um, actually, and it, besides getting the water, I also took my, my hook shirt off, which Oof. is like, you know, like that, um, cooling, like, yeah, like light UV material, the UV yeah. shirt. And I just kept dunking that in the water and put it back on. And, uh, that really helped keep me cool. But, I mean, it was a hell of a hot day. Good day. Um, me and my boater were fishing in areas where the water was the hottest I saw was 92 degrees. Um, out on the flats, which is a big area, which kind of where I wanted to be. Um, out on the flats, I was told the temperatures were low eighties. We were back in shallow creeks and it was, it was hot. Um, I did good. I, I, I caught one good fish. Um, was it so? Take, take take me through because you know I'm, we're going to do another one where we talk about what I was doing um, this past uh, that weekend. We'll say, yeah. <laughs> but it, it was hot. What you're in the northern Chesapeake, which is if, if I'm not mistaken, you're you're up by Delaware, what, the Delaware, right? Okay. So, so the Susquehanna, they call it the Susquehanna Flats because the flats are pretty much right by near where the Susquehanna River dumps into the bay. Um, the town we launch out of, where the bay ends right there, is, is northeast Maryland, um, which is, I mean, you're so close to Delaware. So, so close to Delaware. And what's, the, what's the town that you launch from? Is that Harvard de Grace, or are you going out of like somewhere we go, around there? So we go out of northeast. Harvard de Grace is further towards me, further, so that'd be south, further south down the bay. If it, literally, if you look at a, a map of the bay, where the, the northern point of it is um, northeast Maryland, it, it's, it's pretty much where it ends. Um, and most tournaments on the upper bay launch out of there. Okay. Um, the, the Susquehanna, the flats, they call them the flats, is, is a really big, popular, good fishing area. Um, it's a huge grass flat. I mean, it's ginormous. Um, and it's huge bass in there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at a map now. So that's. Um, so I see it. It's uh, literally looks like. I mean, if if you don't know the Chesapeake Bay, I'm a I'm a map nerd. I like look love looking at maps. It's kind of cool to see. Like I see Arundel, I see Elk River, Red Point, Elk Neck State Park, Charleston Northeast, Carpenter Point. You have this confluence of just bodies of water right coming into yep. 
that. So you're fishing that whole little area, including up well, to... But we're we're north of the Elk River. If you look past Elk River, yeah. go to the very tippy, tippy, tippy point there, yep. where it says northeast, that's where we launch, which is the end of the bay. Um, okay. To the left there, you got the Susquehanna River dumping down in by Havity Grace. And the flats are... You see Havity Grace. The flats are this big area that's just... Uh, are we sharing? Uh, yeah, if you, if you want to. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of crazy to see how big these flats are. Let's see. Yep, you should have, you should have yep. the ability. All right, let me blow this up. Go away. Go away. I'm so the, to... so Ooh, the flats, can you see my arrow where my arrow is pointing? So there's okay. Havity Grace. The yep. flats are like in here, and, and they're huge. Huge area, which is really super shallow with, with a lot of grass. Um, yeah. You know, depths are anywhere on the flats from, say, six feet down to one foot. Just real shallow area with a lot of grass, grass flats in there. But yeah, guys, you know, we fish. There's a whole bunch of docks. I mean, you, you could fish all the way down. Back when the leads were here, um, the one guy was fishing all the way down, way down south. Um, yeah. But the fishing on the bay has been incredible as far as weights. Um, the past few years, it's, it's really been top notch. Um, yeah, I know we were talking a little bit about, you know, the kind of the how we're targeting as the temperatures rise. And obviously fishing in shallow water, it must have been, I mean, the water temperature itself was pretty damn hot, right? Where, where we were fishing, because we were fishing back in creeks, small okay. creeks like Northeast Creek. Um. It was way warmer than it was out in the bay in the flats because, you know, it's way shallower. Water's not moving as much. Um, I did see temperatures like at 92, 94 in a couple of spots. In the, in the water. In the water. Wow. But okay. the guys who were out in the flats told me they were seeing the highest they saw was like 84, which is okay. more about right, which is still warm, but, you know. Um, so when, I, when it's that, when it's that warm and you go into this, if you don't mind me hijacking the conversation a little right. bit here, what do you, how are you targeting? I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking warm water species, obviously smallmouth bass, largemouth bass, um, you know, they're used to this, but obviously like I notice in the, in the summertime, as it gets hotter, the water temperature increases, it becomes increasingly more difficult to catch these fish because they're sitting deeper but you're talking about right. flats area that you know there's nowhere really for them to go but obviously you, when you say flats there's grass flats so there's a lot of grass cover mm -hmm. are they hiding deep in there and is the goal to punch through that grass to target them or they're in the grass um like i said the deepest part i ever fish on the flats is like six feet there's not too deep they stay up in that grass um get in the grass or you find the holes in the grass or you find the, the hard grass line um so where they, you know, you'll find spots where there's just holes in the grass, and, and if you can find those, it's an ideal place to pitch your bait into. Um, you catch them out there on chatter baits, ripping chatter baits through the grass, swim jigs, um, finesse, you know, Ned rigs, drop shot, um, top water. You can throw top water out there, a lot of top water. Which there's days where it's really, really fun throwing that top water out there when, when they're biting it. It's also a tidal system too. So, you know, you got your tide swings, you got your yeah. low and your high and then your dead tide. Um, that can make it interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of the times it, it, when I'm out there, I'm fishing finesse, chatter baits and swim jigs pretty, pretty much. Um, and I always have a top water tide on, whether it be a frog or 
you know, I, I think the winning weight last week was, I was just trying to look that up, um, was 20 pounds. I think that was right. And, and that's a good summer weight. You know, the, the bay puts up some good 20.45 pounds was the winning weight, five fish. It's kind of crazy to say, like, that's you were saying in the fall, uh, not the fall, the spring, right? The pre-spawn, the weights were what? Like, what was the big one? It was like... Like 24. Yeah, like, there's a big difference there. I mean, it, it doesn't sound like a lot, but that's a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even 20 pounds in the dead heat of the summer like that, I, I was surprised, you know. Uh, yeah. The bay's been really holding big fish, you know, and... Last year, a couple guys, you know, one guy caught one, I think it was like a 9.65. And I think he had like a 28 pound bag. It, it was something insane. Yeah. Um, the, the bay's really, really gotten re- really good. Um, now, you know, there's tough days, but. When you're fishing in the upper bay, do you go up to Susquehanna? Susqu- Susquehanna? Sometimes we do <laughs> Susquehanna, Susquehanna. Susquehanna, there you go. I Sometimes see. we, it, de- it depends the boater. Um, time of the year sometimes i do i've caught some good smallies up there some good bags um it's weird because you can go up there and you can throw crankbaits because you don't you don't have the grass you can throw cranks and stuff like that yeah but you'll get smallmouth, and um it can be really good up there uh i don't know it was we had the tournament back in may i think on there and I, you know i caught two really nice smallies up there in the susquehanna on crankbaits and you know a couple of three other largemouth um so it's been good I also had a tour on the Delaware since we talked last. That's and, true. Um, I forgot about that. That's well, we talked about it, but we my did not partner, talk about it. I did well, but my partner put a hell of a bag of smallmouth together um, for the Delaware. I mean, I think he was like a fourteen something, wow. and that surprised me because we were up north in that town uh, by Trenton. Basically, we yeah. were in Trenton fishing these rocks, and. and I was surprised by the size of some of these smallmouth he was catching out of there. I, I didn't know they were there like that, um, which is mind blowing. I, I did so good, did well there too. Are you are you texting your late night booty call? No, I was trying to see what the weight was. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, my my fish booty call. Your fish booty call. You you trying to yeah? Get I was your... trying to see what that winning weight was on the Delaware without you know making it so obvious but michael put me on the spot with my fish booty call there you go there you go we, I, I i heard it go Boop. Boop. i can give you that winning weight now that i've been called out <laughs> always a good time joe always i can't find time. it can't find it that's right can't find four, it but 400 he had, a, he had a good bag and i think i finished in third one call and i would we would have finished one and two me and my my partner yeah, he put you on the fish, man. That's he did. Yeah, he did. I was being stubborn that day. Yeah, we yeah, get that way too, man. I, uh... That's one thing you can't be with fishing is stubborn. I knew. So Brian Schmidt won the won the Bassmaster Elite event on Lake Champlain, and and um, I think it was on day three. He lost like three or four fish because he had a he was throwing a drop shot because his drop shot hook was just slightly bent, and he even said in an interview, he's like, I knew. It's like I had a feeling that was slight, slightly bent. I didn't change it. You know, I, I didn't go with my gut. Um, luckily, they ended up, in, end up costing him because he, he won the event and uh, brought the blue trophy home to Maryland. But that's what that day, you know, I caught a fish. I knew the hook was bent. I had a feeling it was. It just looked a little off. And I don't know, about an hour and a half, I realized 
I should probably change it and I didn't lose any more fish. You know, it, it's frustrating when you're out on the water and you, I was fly fishing this past weekend, right? So I did, um, you know, the Tough Mudder on Saturday and then I did Tough Mudder, which we'll talk about in another podcast, but um, I did that. And then the next day, I, you know, recovery day, I just was like, you know, it's been raining a lot up here. I don't know if it's been raining down there as much as it has up here, but the Delaware river is like, I'll send you some photos that my buddy Mark has been sending me. He's up in Barryville, New York this week. And it is extremely high. So I was fishing the Rockaway river and I mean, it was dark and muddy. I was targeting carp because you know, that's what I do. I target other species unlike some people. And I want to catch one. So it is what it is. And I knew where they were because Don and I had done a float trip and, you know, there was this great patch of grass that I, I wanted to target. And this, there was a school of them that I saw maybe a week and a half ago. The water was so clear, so low. And I was, knew it was going to be high because it's been raining like crazy. And I get there and I was just like, ah. and I was throwing the same thing over and over again. And I knew it wasn't going to work. Right. The carp, I was doing, trying to catch a carp on a fly. Right. So it's different than on a traditional spinning reel, right? I'm not throwing it out there and letting it sit with a heavy weight. I'm throwing out a woolly bugger and a couple other things and, and kind of letting it sit there in the water column and then hoping that they're going to see it because the water's so high and murky. Typically you want to do that um, when you're sight fishing, but it was so high and so frustrating to see that it's just like, I knew I should change it out and I should have gone back to my car because I had my spinning rod in the car. I should have just done it because there's, I love being outside. I love fishing regardless of whether or not I'm catching fish, but I want to catch fish. Um, and you got to change it out. If you know, it's not working and you're not, you're doing everything. Like you don't want to change things out. Sometimes you don't want to change out your fly. You don't want to change your hook. You don't want to do this because it takes time and effort and, you know, tying some of these intricate knots, it's frustrating right? You're sweaty, it's hot, you're slightly dehydrated, you're probably hungry, probably got to pee, and you did not want to change your stuff out. And that's, I, we've all been there. Um, so it's amazing you still did that. You're, you're muted. There you go. I'm muted now? There you go. You're on. <gasps> oh. What's the chance of that? I, the thing is, I can <laughs> tie those knots like this. I was just being a stubborn, stubborn person. Well, on, on you know. traditional tackle, it's easy. But on oh, yeah, fire, fly. I couldn't do I that. Can't, uh, I can't. I've gotten so good at dive tying my leader at. Yeah. I think I timed myself at two minutes on the boat. And that was with me wow. talking and doing it. Um, that's something you do at the practice. You got to get your knots right when fishing because you don't want to go out there with the, and, you know, lose a fish because you tied a crappy knot. Um, nope. Nope. You do not. Especially if you're using fluorocarbon, because fluorocarbon, you know, if, if you tie the wrong knot, it could, the line can dig it itself and nick that and, you know, set ball game match done. I've been guilty of that before. I learned the hard lesson. Never yeah. again will I let that happen, but it well, happens. Let's, let's go from there. So you, you had that great tournament last weekend. Mm -hmm. This weekend you're up in Champlain. So, you know, you're going from flats, you know, on a river, tidal river really, to a lake in upstate New York. So completely different in so many respects. Are you targeting, is it a known for largemouth or smallmouth? It's got both in there. It's got both. Um, it's got good largemouth and, and good smallmouth too, yeah. It's got yeah. both. So I'll be targeting both. Okay. 
and how what what are you doing going into this what is the thought process what are you like thinking okay what are we targeting where what are the depths once again because you are in upstate new york vermont right um it's cooler up there uh when the leads were up there they were still finding some fish on beds and stuff um everything's later the more north you go you know it's gonna be a lot of post spawn um a lot of finesse a lot of guys throw a lot of finesse up there whether it be ned rigs drop shots um shaky heads um also you know a big player for the leads were jerk baits a lot of those guys were throwing some jerk baits and spy baits um chatterbait will play swim jig will play um it will be good um i i figure probably most of my fish are probably going to be caught on finesse um it looks like we're going to have a nice day i think the high is like 75 oh it's beautiful man the night before it's like 55 degree low at night so they're going to be eating they're going to be chomping um so it's going to be good i you know the winning baits up there for champlain with the leads, because, you know, they always show what the winning weights were, uh, baits that were used. Actually, Toyota Series had an event there last weekend. Um, my buddy took ninth overall. Last weekend, they were throwing a lot of finesse, whether it's drop shot, wacky worms, you know, Ned Riggs. Um, some guys threw jerk baits. A couple guys had a jerk bait tied on. Uh, flukes were playing last weekend. Um, some jigs, swim jigs were playing and chatter baits. So, you know, a good plethora. You know, I'll, I'll have a Ned rig tied on. I'll have a, I'll have a drop shot tied on. I'll have a chatterbait tied on. And not sure what else yet. We'll we'll go from there. And, and uh, no, see. I think that's a that's a good start. Um, and of course, we'll talk about it next week. We'll we'll shoot for a couple more, and hopefully, we'll get this up at some point next week. This will be the first of a series of, of postings that we'll do. Um, so we might we'll chuck that. Might chuck that popper around too. You know they're getting some on top water too. So are they? You know, it's, uh, yeah, we was talking to someone about fly fishing, and I said, you know, I love catching. We we just said this. We love catching fish, but like, there's something about top water that is so magical. Like I like for a dry fly, fly fishing is just like. You know, it's that that blow up is what it is. <sighs> Seeing them like, come up and smack it. It's so much fun. Well, some guys we, live and die by it. They they get but they get bit by that bug, and they're gonna live and die by that top water. You know, well, there, there were years yeah. that I don't think I threw anything else. I had a I had a popper on all year round, and I that's all I threw. And if I didn't catch anything, I was like, whatever, I don't care. But like now, it's now's the season for it. Like now is like I'm going to the lake tomorrow. I'm bringing my my rod, and it's gonna be I'm gonna put a popper on there. And that's, yeah, so you know, summertime's a lot of guys go to that frog, that top water mornings and nights. Some guys throw it all day long. Yeah. Um, my thing is, if they're not biting it consistently, especially the tournament, I can't sit there with it in my hands. I got to put five fish in the boat. And then, you know, I could throw something top water to try to upgrade the bite. Yeah. And get yeah. a bigger fish, whether it be a buzz bait or a popper or a frog, you know. Yeah. So I, I have not mastered the frog yet. I've mastered the frog on the fly rod, but not on. I, I don't know what it is. It's that double hook on the back of them. On, on some of the frogs that just I cannot get to hook, and it's, it's you gotta let them eat it. See, I'm impatient, and it's frustrating. That's yeah, it's not you gotta wrong. like wait that split second, let them really get it, and then ram that hook home. That's one of the ones you can do a monster hook set, Mike. You can do one of your yes. hawk. That's one of the ones you can put that braid <laughs> on and rip them out of that crap and just hammer the hook in their head. 
Oh, I love it. That is awesome. I mean, you have to. When they eat it, they eat it. That's what that's. You wait that I'm literally you gotta wait like it, they come up just a split second and boom then said it. Joe, I'm telling you, man, I I see it and it's like immediately like you know it, it was there. You're like ah, and, and the frog it, goes flying. The frog just go right past my head like whoo. It's like ah. you, you gotta let it get it down there. You gotta <laughs> let it get it in their mouth and then set it. Yeah, I you know I you know you know me. We fish yeah. a number. It's okay. I I get so excited. I, I just love fishing, man. You do too, but I. Yeah, it, ha- it it happens. I mean, it, it's it happens to all of us. Yeah, you know. And it, yep. I know. I, I, tomorrow I might be buying two new rods. That's that's why I'm th- <laughs> I need I need another chatterbait rod. And oh, I, I oh, crap! I didn't tell you. I pulled a U. Bro, snip the tip. I, my freaking fly rod, man! I I didn't even know it happened. I brought, like I told you last weekend, I went fishing. I went downstairs yesterday into the workroom and I have it like laying on my table because I was going to do some maintenance on it. And looking at it, I'm like, that doesn't look right here, right? Like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, looking at my tip's gone. I was like, you son of a bitch. So I went to uh, my friends over at Tight Lines in Parsippany, the fly shop. And, um, you know, it's an LL bean rod. It, I've had it for, She's 15 years now, so it's had a hell of a run. And I said, look, like, I don't want to be buying a new rod. Like, I love this rod. Like, this is my my workhorse, right? Like, I've got my step down, and I'm, I'm looking to buy a, I think we said we were debating between a 9 and a 10-weight. Um, but this is my 6-weight. use it for pretty much everything. And, uh, yeah, it, was, it hit me right here. I was, I was pretty upset. Could they yesterday. fix it? So he said, uh, so L, he goes, well, L Bean used to have a lifetime warranty on everything, but apparently they've changed it. So I, I, I called them and asked them if they would do it. And they said, no, they, they won't even fix it um, because they can't guarantee. They don't know it's been purchased there. It's been so long. It was a gift for me. Right. Bought it for me. Um, so I don't even know like when it was ordered freaking 16 years ago or whatever. Um, and Anyway, so the guys at Tight Lines in Parsippany, they they hooked me up with uh, a new tip section. So um, he, they did replace it. No, I'm 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 gonna do it. So I he I got a kit. It was uh, 10, 10 bucks. So it's a series of tips that you basically. It was a clean break. I'm just gonna sand it down, and then they it, the kit comes with like a little bit of glue that you heat up and, and put on, um, and you put it in there, and that that's it. So I'm missing maybe. I found the tip. It's it's still attached to the line, and it was uh, maybe not even an inch that was oh. knocked off. So I'm hoping it doesn't mess with the the sensitivity too much, and like the cast. I'm sure it will in some way, shape, or form. But um, I, I was I was upset. You can ask Donna. Donna was like, "Are you okay?" Oh, I believe it. I I said I, I, she was out, and I texted her. I was like, "I'm sick to my stomach." She goes, "Oh my god, are you sick?" Because I had gone out for dinner. She's like, "She's like, do you have food poisoning?" I said, "No, no, no. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm like physically upset." that I broke my fly rod that I've had since I was in my twenties. Like, this is like, ah, it hurts right here, man. It's not, that's, no, no. that's, uh, when I broke that chatterbait rod, cause I love that thing that, that, that hurt, but hopefully he has, um, has another one up there. So, yeah, 
Well, let's uh, we'll wrap up there. And um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Uh, once again, this is Michael Hacker and Joey McCormick with the Hacker Outdoors podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review, a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is that you are doing on whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on. And stay tuned for the next episode. Thanks, everyone.